Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I'm your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and a transformational coach for entrepreneurs, businesses, leaders, and for those who want to break the cycle of convention and redefine success one step at a time. I am on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week we have thought leaders, change instigators and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life and your business. Well, this week, as always, we have another amazing guest for you, Shauna Harrison. Shauna is a self-proclaimed nerd, hip-hop head, jock and yogi. A graduate of Stanford, UCLA and Johns Hopkins, she simultaneously pursued academics and fitness, obtaining her PhD in public health and teaching fitness classes across the country. Through her unique style and authenticity that blends her love for hip-hop, wellness, yoga and knowledge of public health, Shauna has created a brand of her own, making her one of the most influential fitness profiles on Instagram and sought-after partner for leading brands. Not only is Shauna the creator of Muscle and Flow, she is an adjunct associate at Johns Hopkins and served as a panelist for multiple universities and organizations covering the subjects of fitness, yoga, wellness, and public health. Shauna is also a member of the Mind Body Green Collective and a contributing writer for Self. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, today we have a special guest for you and I'm super excited. We have Shauna Harrison. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I really can't wait for us to unpack your story. And as we always love to start the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration her unique story. So, Shauna, tell us, what inspired you to do what you do today? Oh, man, it's been um, many things, I guess, over the course of years. I don't even really understand myself how this all happened, but I um, have kind of created my own path, my own career, which is pretty standard, I guess, for what I do with all of my life. Um, I was really into school. I'm super nerdy when it comes to that. I went to as much school as possible. Um, I always like to say, I think I got to like 24th grade or something, something ridiculous. Um, And, you know, I was sort of on the path of becoming an academic. Uh, I had this fitness career on the side, just as something that I loved. And when I finished my PhD, it sort of in my break from life, since that was an intense period, I ended up getting a sponsorship from Under Armour and I'm no longer with them, but I was with them for four and a half years. And then the sort of Instagram social media explosion happened and I got involved in that pretty early on. 
And it's just been a whirlwind since then. And I never really went back to academia, but now I actually have a connection back with Hopkins, Johns Hopkins, where I did my PhD. And um, I, I'm now sort of an adjunct faculty and working on some projects with them as well. So I've kind of <laughs> pulled the little bits and pieces from everything that I've done and I'm trying to put them all together. And I'm not really sure yet what that picture is going to look like, but uh, it's definitely been a puzzle <laughs> ever since the beginning. Mm. So, Shauna, before we got on the show, we were having a bit of a chat. And I, for our listeners, obviously, you can't see, but she's got the most spectacular light uh, glow, <laughs> oh, light um, ornament uh, hanging off the ceiling, which looks like a DNA strand. And so I thought we could unpack that story because we got talking about other stuff as well. Would you like to share that story? Yeah. So at the same time that I was doing all of, you know, academia and fitness and yoga and all of that, um, I had a very interesting series of um, learnings, I guess is the best way of putting it. Uh, I found out when I was 27, so in the middle of my first stint of grad school while I was doing my master's, that um, my dad was not my biological dad. So that's a you know a little bit of a blow, a blow to your identity at 27 when you think you know exactly who you are. Um, and so I found out that I was from a donor, and I didn't really know anything about the donor. My mom didn't know anything about the donor. Um, except for like one or two small facts, which are not actually true. But then for the next 10 years, I had an interesting relationship with, well, I had an interesting relationship with my dad the whole time, but it sort of progressively got worse. And when I say dad, I mean the dad that raised me, um, not my stepdad who also raised me and not the donor who's another um, piece of the puzzle. Um, But yeah. And then at, 37, my dad actually disowned me via email um, and then spent some time kind of battling me over some inheritance from his parents. And then he died before there was ever any reconciliation. And then a few months after he died, I got back on 23andMe after not being on there for years and years and years and found out that I had a few siblings, which was eight or nine at the time, I think. And they were half siblings because they're from the donor as well. And I grew up an only child. So that was a little bit weird. I also found out it was half Jewish and um, a bunch of other like random things. And that was in May of 2017. And now we're December 2019. And the number of siblings is up to 33. So it's a little uh, different family dynamic. (laughs) Wow, that's a radical shift right there. So, Shauna, you've been in touch with your siblings? Um, yeah, so we have a Facebook group. Some of the siblings are involved there. So, like, we only find out about them if they've done either Ancestry or 23andMe because that's where the, the two DNA sites that we're on. Um, so there's probably way more than that. It's just whenever someone does the test new, then we find out. Um, some people don't want to really communicate. Some people you know, are super into it. Others are just kind of, yeah, sure. I'll know, but I'm like not super, you know, involved. Um, so I've met quite a few of them, not all of them, and we're not in communication with all of them. Mm. So knowing all of this now, how has that changed you 
because uh, we're talking about identity. Yeah. How has that changed you today and the way that uh, I guess you go about your day to day? I mean, it's been so many shifts over time, right? It's like you grow up thinking your dad is your biological dad, which is not an unusual thing to think. <laughs> um, and then you find out that that's not true. And then you find out that even though he's not your biological dad, you still consider him your dad, but then he doesn't want to be your dad. So he decides to just out, out himself from that situation and then he passes away. And then you find out that you have all these siblings. It's just like a constant, like, who am I? Plus you're Jewish. You had no idea. <laughs> you know, There's just like every little piece of, I don't really know, you know, there's this feeling of like, I don't know myself, but then I also had the same time, this like extreme feeling of, I know, I know what I know. And because I've been so involved in movement and it's been such a huge piece of my life, like that is the part of me that I know, like my body, right? Like I, I put my body through all kinds of things on a daily basis. And I, you know, have developed a very strong sense. Like I know when something is out in my hip or my knee or my back, or, you know, like I'm very in tune with what's going on with my body. If something doesn't feel right. So no matter how out of tune I was with (laughs) maybe what external roles were being put on me or changed or whatever I knew and I was very in tune with what was going on inside. And I think that as like, it, I mean, it sounds almost cliche and almost like super simple, but it's not right. <laughs> as human beings, I think it's, you know, the simplest things sometimes are the hardest. And I think uh, the fact that you can really get to know yourself through actually being in your body and actually living in your body and moving it and feeling the things it's the same it's like so parallel to you know the pain and the struggle and the things that we feel on a day-to-day basis right like going through like my dad sending me this god-awful email was really hard and you know like it's very easy to just sort of dismiss it and not deal with those feelings or deal with all of the stuff that came from you know, issues that we had, um, at, in our relationship at, when I was a kid, you know, and it's very easy to dismiss those and not hit them head on and be like, I want to feel these feelings. I want to understand where they came from. I want to learn so that I can grow so that I can do better. But then, you know, given what I do on a daily basis, like I make myself go run Hills. Why? Because, because I want to learn more. I want to do better. I want to grow. So it's the same sort of thing. And I'm going to feel feelings for different kinds of feelings, right? Like it's pain from a different, (laughs) different angle, hopefully not like extreme pain, but you know, it's, it's not comfortable. Um, And I think that that, that taught me a lot about sort of approaching both ends of the spectrum very deliberately. And for our listeners, uh, Shauna and I were having a bit of a chat earlier on that sometimes we can't control what's happening in our external environment. But one thing you can control is really go within and just focus there, right there. And um, that's what Shauna was explaining is through movement. That was one thing that she was very sure about was who she was in that space. So when you're talking about movement, would you like to share exactly what is it that you do? (laughs) Yeah. So I teach classes and I've been teaching classes for almost 24 years. So I've been around the fitness industry for a very long time, but, um, 
and I started in like step aerobics back in the mid, mid nineties, mid to late nineties. Um, so it's kind of morphed over the years, but you know, for my own personal workouts and trainings, um, I do everything from running to jump rope, to strength training, to TRX, to, uh, Pilates, yoga, boxing, like I'll do all of it because <laughs> I love it so much. And I just think it's really, I just, like I said, I'm a big nerd. So when it comes to learning anything, whether that's in school or like a new modality of movement, then I want to learn. Um, so it, it really means a lot of different things kind of all combined. And what, what, what exercise have you found that is the, I guess, the number one that really helps you? Because you were talking about you can actually feel when your body's out of whack. So if your hip's out of whack, um, you know, your knee's out of whack, is that from yoga itself or meditation? What kind of practice did you put in, in place for you to be so aware of your body? I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from yoga. I think yoga is amazing and I definitely think you learn a lot of those principles about being in tune and about listening and about all of those things from yoga. Um, but I, I also think you can get a lot of that, you know, like I come from, I played sports in high school, so sports was like my thing first. And I just think anything that you're doing movement wise, if you're paying attention, and I think that's the thing that yoga teaches you, right, is how to pay attention. So in sports, often you may not be paying attention depending on what level you're at, right? You may not be paying attention as much as being in your body. I don't mean if that's actually true, but I can see like the competitive side getting a little bit more attention than say the like being in tune side of things. But as like a professional athlete, you, you can't avoid, you know, paying attention to what's going on, especially as you get older, because you want to, you want a longer career. And for that longevity sake, you have to be able to know what's going on. And so I think you can really get that from any kind of movement. And that's why I just think it's so powerful. And like, you know, I've always wanted to sort of help people move more. That's kind of why I went to public health to begin with, which is sort of, you know, my graduate degrees, but also from the sort of practical side of like, Hey, let me teach this class. Let me help you get into your body for this hour or, you know, whatever amount of time. And, and like, let's, let's explore, let's see what we can do. Mm. So you're obviously very motivated and naturally. What advice would you give uh, to our listeners to get themselves motivated? Because I mean, I'm I'm one of them. Can put my hand up. I've been uh, saying I'll be going back to running. I reckon for the last six months. Um, so what would be a piece of advice for our listeners as a way to get motivated to start moving? I mean, I think the thing I always tell people is number one, it, it, it kind of depends on where you're starting from. If you're starting from like, I don't move at all, you have to find something you like, even if it's not going to be the thing that's going to get you the most in shape, the quickest. I don't necessarily think that that's the way to approach it to begin with. You know, I think you have to start developing habits and in order to develop a habit, you have to continuously do something. You have to have consistency and it's so much easier to be consistent if it's something that you even if you partially enjoy it, because if you hate it, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people, for instance, and I was one of them up until I would say high school or college, like the end of high school to college, I hated running, hated it. 
And so the thought of going for a run, if you are someone who hates running, is going to be so hard for you to to get yourself out the door to go for a run or get yourself on a treadmill. So, you know, for me, I think it's number one, find something you like. If they, if you can somehow involve other people, whether it's you're taking a class and there's other people there or your family or whatever, I think that, you know, sort of camaraderie and also social support is always very helpful. And that's something that comes, you know, from public health theories and behavior change theories, like, Social support is a big is a big thing. <laughs> so, um, but I think I think you just have to start with something that like at least draws you somewhat in, and then kind of go from there. Mm, I, I was the same. I didn't like running at all. I used to hate it myself, or not like it, I should say. And uh, I found that uh, little by little, I used to do uh, lots of walking, but I used to sort of uh, do a bit of running, a bit of walking, a bit of running. And then eventually yep. I got running and it was the feeling of the after run that was so great. So the outcome was so, um, fulfilling that for me, regardless of what excuse my mind would make, I would always think about the end in mind. And that's what used to drive me. And the thing that's uh, I'm finding hard at the moment is to get started. And I, I hear this all the time. People, when they get on into a bit of a routine and get into the habit of exercising, uh, you know, they're going on a regular basis. But once they stop, that stop can extend and then it's really hard to start again. Do you hear mm-hmm. that in, I guess, because you're working with a lot of people, do you find that that's a common thing? Yeah, I mean... Because I'm not doing, I, I do classes, right? So it's like people show up or they don't show up. And so like I, you know, there's people who come consistently for a really long time and then don't come for a while. And, you know, things happen in people's lives and people also end up doing different things. Um, but again, I just think if you're, if you've gotten out of the habit, it's just a matter of like, what is it that's going to bring you back? And it could be different for every person, right? Maybe it's switching the activity so that it's something new. It like, you know, reignites your brain because it's, you know, something that you haven't tried before, or, you know, you you want to explore again that you haven't in a while or whatever it is. You know, I think things like that are helpful. Um, and sometimes it's just, doing it once. Right. And maybe you're doing, if you normally, I don't know, go for 25 minute walks and you did that every day for six months and then you haven't been in a month and a half, maybe just go walk for like two minutes or five minutes. Cause then at least you're doing a little bit and it's a much more bite-sized piece for people to manage where it's like, Oh, I don't, I don't have 25 minutes or that just seems so long or, you know, whatever, like five minutes is, five minutes, you know, not to say that that's easy for everybody, but it's something, you know, if you take it into a smaller chunk and then just keep doing that smaller chunk until that smaller chunk can become a bigger chunk, I think, again, that's kind of habit formation. So Shauna, during your very adventurous life, what has been the greatest learn uh, lesson that you have learned thus far? Ooh, that is a great question. Um, I feel like there's a few, but I would say given what's happened sort of recently with this whole family self-identity situation, I think learning learning how to learn about yourself, I think, is one of the greatest things that you can do because 
And I mean that in its entirety. I mean that physically, I mean that mentally, emotionally, being willing to approach the things that are uncomfortable, whether that's burpees or whether that's therapy, (laughs) sometimes both are the same. Um, You know, I think that there's, there's so much that you can offer the world when you know who you are and when you continue to learn about who you are and what you can offer. Um, and I, I, I think for me, that's been, you know, again, coming from the academic background that I came from, I was like the A student always trying to do extra credit, you know, let me learn as much as I can learn. I'll do all the work. You know, it never came easy, but I was willing to work really hard to make it happen. And I think I've taken that and sort of just applied it to everything that has to do with movement. I've applied it to everything that has to do with mental and emotional health. Um, I'm a diehard for therapy. (laughs) I'm a diehard for really just getting in there and exploring whatever it is that you can explore, because I think that is the only way to find the truth of who you are and why you're here and what you're doing and how you can approach other people in the world. So I'm curious, and I'm sure our listeners are too, you're saying that when things are hard, uh, you, whether it's burpees or whatever that may be, you ha- you obviously have a knack to lean into that resistance. And what is that thing that you do for you to move into the things that are hard? Um. I, I've been doing that since I was a kid. You know, I wanted to go to Stanford when, by the time I was five, I don't really know why I picked that, but I knew it was hard. And as I got older, people told me that's really hard. You have to work really hard to get in. And my whole life from the time I was five till I was, you know, 13 or 14 or whenever it was that I got in, no, sorry, 18, I guess, when I got into Stanford, um, you know, I, I, that's what I did is I just leaned right into it. Cause I was like, I'm going to work as hard as I can to get there. And then it just sort of proceeded after that with grad school and with everything else. And I think, you know, there's, I don't really know how to approach things any other way. I, I, I feel like if there's something for me to learn and if there's something that I can do better and I can grow, then I, I want to do those things. So I think it, I just naturally have to, lean into it. And I also think, you know, because of the way I train, I purposely put myself in really hard situations, right? Like that's what training is. You're, you're adding resistance, you're adding, you know, endurance, you're adding speed, you're adding things to your body that make it hard so that when things are a little bit easier, you can perform better. Right. So it's same, same concepts, just different application. Yeah. So it sounds like obviously uh, it's it's to do with your mindset, right? Because obviously mm-hmm. you're the more that you're adding the resistance piece, it's making you more resilient. Therefore, when things look hard, uh, it's it's one of those things. I think you've got a very curious mindset where you, you're just curious as to yeah. where this is going to take me, yeah. which is pretty awesome. Curiosity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of pers- uh, definitely persistence and determination and grit right there. Yeah. So the other thing that we love to ask our woman of inspiration, Shauna, is pain points. We believe everyone's got pain points. What would be a pain point of yours or some? And how do you work through a solution? Oh, man. 
I, I feel like I have a ton of pain points. <laughs> I mean, I feel like my whole my whole uh, thing is about pain points. Um, I mean, I think you know a lot of the mental and emotional, the, at least lately, the, a lot of the mental and emotional stuff that comes from our childhood. You know, everyone has trauma in some capacity. You know, and it's it's how you interpret or your body interprets the trauma, right? Like not every trauma is equal, but I think the the way that we move through the world with those traumas can be equally detrimental. And I think for me lately, it's been, you know, this like, it's really uncomfortable to go back and look at some of the things that happened and why you um are afraid of certain things or why you want to resist certain things or whatever it might be. And I think those kind of pain points are really hard because people don't want to look and dive into, you know, trauma because it's, it's painful and it's, it's awful. But I did a lot of that this year in particular. And, um, I honestly just think, the, the more I started kind of going after it, the more I was like, wow, this is, this is teaching me a lot about any kind of pain point. Right. And I just think they come up all the time. You know, I think, uh, you know, I'm not married, I don't have kids, but I imagine, you know, that kind of relationship and that kind of responsibility, like those create all kinds of things, you know, jobs. And I mean, there's just so much coming at us, like the state of the world and like politics and, you know, like everything is coming at us these days and technology and, um, I just think that there's so many potential issues that come up. And I just think, again, it comes back to just diving into it. Mm, and I mean, there's, it's really important to also recognize the pain because if we don't acknowledge it, and even if we don't accept it, we're pushing it away. We're not actually working through it. And there's oh, yeah. there's a lot of um, research now that we store our emotional pain in our body. And movement yep. is the only way to help remove and elevate some of those, I guess, those blocked energies in our meridians. Uh, so it's really important to recognize it one, but and then accept it. Only then can you work through it. What are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I think you're you're right on with that. Um, and I, I also think, you know, like you need more than even movement. And as someone who believes wholeheartedly in the power of movement, I still think that there's some some traumas and some things in our life that you need more than that, right? You need to approach it from all angles possible. Um, I did a lot of EMDR therapy this year. And, um, that was very intense. And part of the reason I did it was, I mean, obviously like I want to work through these things. I want to learn about these things, but like you just said, those things get stored in your body and, you know, with some health issues here and there and, you know, injuries and also my body being part of my job. Like I wanted to go in and really see where am I blocked and what am I holding in my body? Like, where am I, where am I holding this? because I know that I am and whose traumas am I holding, you know, like, and I realized that I wasn't just holding my own traumas. I was holding other people's traumas and it's like, it's hard enough to hold your own and you shouldn't have to hold your own. You definitely don't need to be holding someone else's, like, let them have that back. Um, you know, so I, I, I just think that there's, there's so much in removing the, not that you can completely remove them and you don't forget about them and, 
you know, one of the one of the most interesting things that came up in one of my EMDR sessions was I was trying to um, quote unquote let it go for some particular thing. And my body was just resisting that. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get my body to, to like accept that, that phrase, let it go. And I was like, why am I, why does this not feel right? And then all of a sudden, you know, during my session, I was like, move beyond it. And it was like this difference, even though it's not a very big difference, there's a difference between, and at least for me, there was of letting something go and like forgetting about it and pretending it doesn't exist, like you're saying, like not acknowledging what's happening and then acknowledging it and being okay with moving beyond it. But like, you can still look back and see that it actually happened, but there was this something in this move beyond it that for me, on top of the fact that it was the word move, which is like a huge thing for me. So in the sort of double entendre sort of thing, moving beyond something is for me, just made much more sense. And I, and again, that's not something that I would have thought was sort of held in my mental and emotional space until I did the work. Mm, I love that. And I totally agree with you. I don't think it's just a physical thing. It's definitely a mental and emotional thing. And what you were doing is like a deep inquiry. Only then can you do, you know, by doing the deep work, can you change? It's not that you forget what's happened, but you can give it a different meaning. Absolutely. And therefore change the way that you feel about that incident itself. I'm curious, what's MDR? EMDR, it's, um, it stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. So it's a, it's a type of therapy that basically helps you go back into your traumas and reprocess how they're stored. And so they don't, they don't affect you quite as much, um, as they did previously. So it's used a lot for eating disorders and PTSD and, you know, a lot of things like that, but it's, extremely helpful because you just you're going back to these memories and that's the part that's hard right like not everybody wants to go back to these traumas and relive them and re-experience them but you do it in a way that you then process it differently in your brain moving forward yeah yeah and that's probably hence why I move beyond um, yeah yeah the actual incident itself or, or the situation exactly so Shauna, what's one skill that you think everyone must have? One skill. Um, um, how to learn. <laughs> mm. What's your trick? Because you're very good at that as well. What's your trick with that? Um, I think it comes back to that word that you said earlier. It's just it's curiosity, right? Like I just have like an insatiable curiosity about everything. Like even if someone tells me something and it's like a word I don't know or something that I haven't heard of, like I have a really hard time not going to look it up and like trying to figure out what that means just because I can't, I can't let it go. And it's, it's to my detriment at times, but for the most part, it's, um, it's just a, it's just a curiosity. It's like, like being a kid, right? Like if you look at how a kid explores the world and how fast they learn everything, it's because they're just curious about everything and their brains at that point are just like sponges. Right. Mm. But I think that if you can keep that same sort of curiosity about whether it's about you and your mental health or your body or about, you know, the world or about whatever it is, like, I just think that that kind of curiosity keeps you 
moving forward. It keeps you, you know, from getting stuck in these ruts and then stuck in this position where you feel unmotivated or you feel, you know, sort of apathetic to things. Um, yeah, I think that that's probably the biggest thing for me. Mm. So, Sean, if you were to go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self? Do exactly what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, there's so many like hindsight 2020 type of uh, lessons I could teach myself, but I don't think, and not that I don't think, I know I would not be as strong of a person as I am now, if I did not go through what I went through, um, good and bad, right? Like I, I don't want to, I wouldn't want to like cover up the work that I did because the work that I did is very important. So Mm. I would just say, just like enjoy all of it. (laughs) Just keep, stay curious. Yeah. I love that. And as we start wrapping up the show, Shauna, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you? Um, I'm going to borrow a word from my my friend, Amy Jo Martin, uh, renegade. Renegade? We've never had that. That's really cool. Yeah. So maybe unpack that a little bit for us. Why renegade? Um, it's... It's a word that I, it's one, number one, <laughs> it's a, it's a song from Jay-Z and Eminem. So I'm a big hip hop head and I just really like that song. And I like that, that word from that song. But I also just think I like to do things my own way. And I really have a hard time when someone tries to put me in a box or someone tries to define me in a way that doesn't feel right or, you know, trying to like do what everybody else is doing. That's just not who I am. And I think part of that is the curiosity, right? Like I don't want to get stuck in this box that someone puts me in because I'm curious what's outside the box, what's over there, what's over here, you know? Um, And so I think, and there's, there's a, because of sort of my determination to do the things that I want to do, there's also this like bit of a pushback, with it, right? So it's not just like, oh, I'm just kind of aimlessly wandering around, like looking for whatever. It's like, I'm pretty determined to do the things that I want to do and I want to learn along the way. So it's like this, I, I just think it's like a very powerful word. And a friend of mine, Amy Jo Martin, wrote a book called Renegades Write the Rules. And that was at a moment that kind of shifted me from doing what I was doing and like really kind of helped me lay the groundwork for this brand that I've built. Um, and so it's just been a really powerful word for me ever since then. Mm, I love it. And last question, as we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to share three shiny golden nuggets with our listeners. So what would be like three practical exercises that you would like to leave for our audience today? Um, move your body. (laughs) Number one. Um, I would say keep learning and stay curious. Um, I, I, I would put those in there as well. And then, um, I would say find out who you are. Oh, I love that. It's a big one, isn't it? Find out who you are. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. And Shauna, where's the best place for our listeners to find you? 
Um, I'm on Instagram at Shauna underscore Harrison. And um, my website is just shaunaharrison.com. I'm usually around those things. I also teach classes and do a bunch of stuff, but you can find that on the website. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wealth of wisdom and your story and thank you for your time and energy and I'm sure our listeners will reach out to you we'll have everything in the show notes too for you thank you so much for having me it was awesome thank you thank you so very much for listening to today's episode if you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit the subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift, where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplanner.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Until next week, wishing you a fabulous day.